Welcome to Base Space. A crypto podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to Base Space. This is a crypto podcast hosted by myself, the crypto Mewtwo. Chase coins and super high that creates opportunities for growth, networking, and education in the crypto industry. Today, we have the honor of having Kevin Owaki, founder of the Gitcoin DAO. Welcome to the show, Kevin. We're pumped to have you on, man. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Great to be here. Yeah, it's a tradition here, Kevin. We always ask, like to ask our new guests how they got into crypto. We'd love to hear your story and your background. Yeah, I think I discovered Bitcoin on Hacker News in like... 2012 something like that i've actually got a tweet from 2012 that i that uh where i I think i said something like oh bitcoin's so ambitious and sometimes i pin that tweet just to flex that i discovered it back in in 2012 but it was basically a crypto hobbyist from 2012 to 2017 and uh built a bunch of stuff as as a hobbyist i built like a open source ai machine learning trader i built this like ad blocking well it's not important what it was but a couple side projects that were that were crypto based and uh, built Gitcoin in, in 2017. So 2012 to 2017 hobbyist and 2017 to 2022 professionally. And it's been a lot of fun. That's awesome, man. Wow, you got in super early too. That's <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah. Well, well, my anecdote is that I was to buy, but not smart enough to hold. So uh, don't give me too much credit. <laughs> you weren't the pizza purchase, were you? <laughs> not that early, but. Uh, yeah, I think I bought my first Bitcoin at like 30 bucks and then sold it at 60 bucks. And I was like, sweet, 2x my money. So it's just funny how you can't really comprehend exponential growth when, you know, as it's just like, it's easier to think in linear terms. And I didn't realize how exponential the space was going to go. I think Kevin may actually be our most OG guest to date. I think 2012 <laughs> is the earliest. <laughs> yeah, maybe. The, the battle days. <laughs> you're OG now. I mean, I'm I'm curious, Kevin. Obviously, you you started Gitcoin. You you built up the DAO. Um, you've worked at, I believe, what two companies, correct? Like you you said, you mentioned advertising and so forth. Um, yeah. Well, I had a side project that was uh in crypto slash ads, like an early kind of like that type of tool. But when I, so I worked in Web two as like a CTO, VP engineering for about ten years, and I worked at a, a online dating website, a clean energy startup, and a computer vision startup so all, all different flavors of web 2 yeah yeah i'm curious like from your perspective um like what's the biggest difference for you like obviously like the difference the biggest difference between working at like a web 2 based company versus a web 3 you know based organization what do you what do you find yeah. is like the biggest the biggest difference between working in both those industries yeah i mean the world has changed so much since since those days i mean just the whole team being remote and not in an office is one thing how wild west it is in crypto. I mean, basically in, in web web two, you're just basically trying to collect SaaS subscribers, like subscribers that are paying $10 a month for your services. And then from there, once you have a subscription model, you just optimize the lifetime value of each customer, try to get more customers and bring down the, the cost per acquisition. And in web three, way more unproven. I mean, people don't even know, there's just so many more criteria when you're designing an organization in a DAO than, than there is a company where there's like a kit for a company. So, so yeah, remote work, being paid in crypto, getting governance rights over projects. Uh, it's, it's the wild west in crypto, but it's fun because, you know, Web2 was getting really formulaic, I think. And uh, this, is the, this is the new frontier. So it's really exciting. 
Yeah, 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 100%. I mean, from my experience as well, I, I found that uh, Web3 is just way more collaborative uh, versus Web2. Um, it's way easier to reach out to companies like and, and projects and, and collaborate in the space um, mm-hmm. in, in Web3. Yeah, totally. I mean, I really like this idea that everyone's sort of working in public and been building in public and getting these really fast feedback cycles. It means that things happen really, really fast, but it's also really powerful. I So, much, so many of my Twitter posts are just me having a half-baked idea and I get that instant feedback about whether or not something has legs. Usually the answer is no, but sometimes it turns out that something does have legs. And just having that instant instant validation for an idea is, is really, really powerful, I think. Yeah, 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 totally. Like, um, I find that I find that as well. Um, I'll, like, tweet out a poll or I'll tweet out, like, a basic idea or concept. And you kind of get immediate, immediate feedback from the community. Do they like it? Do they not like it? Or people DM you, like, tweaks around your ideas. So it's, uh, yeah, just like you're saying, kind of like that instant that instant feedback loop is super cool in, in the Web3 space, and uh, especially if you have a, a nice community formed around around your project. Um, so obviously you, you worked at a bunch of Web2, and then you, you went into Web3. What led you to, you know, founding Gitcoin and put you on that path? Sure. Well, I, um, I, so I was a CTO, VP engineering at a bunch of Web2 startups, and I hired like 45 software engineers during that 10 years as a stint as an engineering leader in Web2. And at the same time, I was also doing meetups, you know, organizing tech meetups around whatever niche I was in. I was in nights for a while and computer vision and just like welcoming people into communities and hanging out with them and vibing and all that kind of stuff. Used to meetup.com a lot. And through that, through that, that time, I discovered two things that led to the founding of Gitcoin. The first was that I recruiters, I, I think that you can kind of disintermediate by just doing your own cold outreach. Like I'll never forget the my first couple of engineering hires, I paid like 30K at 30K ahead to get the engineers into the, the company. And then like once I learned to do my own cold outreach, I was like, oh wait, we're kind of like just paying hundred dollars a month in subscription and then selling me the engineer for like a 30K placement fee. I was like, I could disintermediate that by just being a personable person and uh and disintermediating the recruiters. So that was point number one is recruiters. And then point number two was that everything I ever built was on top of open source software. And open source software, I later discovered, creates $500 billion, no, $400 billion per year in economic value. And the, the people who are working on it don't really have a business model because it's a public good. And so it was kind of those two threads of, of wait, oh, there's going to be an open source financial system. All of the money that used to go to the back office on Wall Street and the old financial system will probably be going to open source in this new ecosystem. Why don't I build a marketplace? Like, I know how to recruit engineers and I know engineers are going to be in demand in this space. So why not why not build a marketplace that helps developers get coins and help projects get developers? And that was kind of the the genesis of of Gitcoin. And you know, like I said, I've 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 had like five different crypto side projects, and Gitcoin was one of them. And I was just kind of throwing spaghetti at the wall. But it was those insights that led to the the founding of Gitcoin. And, and luckily, it turned out to be true. Uh, we need to fund open source, and people need software developers in the space. And I think that's part of why Gitcoin has has been somewhat successful. No, that's super cool. Um, super, you want to jump to your, your part? Yeah. So, Kevin, just to dive a little bit into Gitcoin, um, maybe for those that aren't here with Gitcoin, what are some ways that you can earn um, by interacting with Gitcoin? Totally, yeah. So, Gitcoin, we like to say Gitcoin is a place that you can get coins if you're a software engineer in Web3. Uh, we, we started with software engineering, but we've since branched out into other things. The first way that you can earn is by putting up a Gitcoin grant for whatever you're doing in the community. And then people can fund that Gitcoin grant 
and we run these matching campaigns every quarter where we match contributions from the crowd. And we use this matching formula called quadratic funding, which is really powerful because quadratic funding matches for the number of contributors that matched your grant, not the amount they fund. So you can have these crazy matching multiples where you can be giving a dollar and there can be hundreds or $500 worth of matching if a grant is popular enough. And so quadratic funding is really powerful. And that's why Gitcoin grants has become a way that a lot of developers in the space augment their income. And then we also run these virtual hackathons. You can go to gitcoin.co slash hackathons. And once or twice a month, we will have these virtual hackathons where you can get coins, pun intended, for working on bounties and prizes in the virtual and all in all, about $65 million has been distributed through the Gitcoin platform since inception. So doing about $6 million per quarter going through Gitcoin. And I'm super proud that whenever I go to a conference, like I was just at ECC, I meet so many people that have been supported by Gitcoin and have helped find their next career opportunity with Gitcoin. It just feels great to be giving back to the community and, and opening doors for people with the work that we do at Gitcoin. So, so yeah, TLDR hackathons and grants are the two major ones. We also incubated and spun out Kernel, which is kind of like a Web3 educational institution. Every quarter, Kernel takes 200 of the some of the top people entering Web3 and puts them through a cohort in which we educate them about Web3 values and introduce them to luminaries like Juan Benet and Vitalik Buterin and all that kind of stuff and, and help them pitch investors. So. So yeah, uh, kernel hackathons and, and grants, I think, are the, the best ways that you can earn through earn through Gitcoin. Very cool. Is, so is there, I, I would say, like a um, like almost like a barrier to entry? Or can beginners go ahead and start earning the, uh, on Gitcoin? Or should you know any coding knowledge? Um, what's kind of the process? Yeah, I mean, I think it depends on, on what you're doing. I mean, with hackathons, they do tend to be very much design and engineering bounties. But with Gitcoin grants, we've actually expanded out from from just software engineering into supporting journalists in the space, uh, supporting people who are lobbying Congress on behalf of the ecosystem. Coin Center is a grant on Bitcoin grant. There's a climate round. So if you're doing climate projects in the space that you can earn coins on Gitcoin, we have, uh, a, we have a longevity round. So if you're doing longevity research, so anything that supports the public good and common, the commons on Gitcoin, you can get money for on Gitcoin grants. So we, we just kind of started with technical skills and software engineers and expanded into other other public goods and other work in the commons since then. And, uh, you know, it, it, it just sort of depends on whether or not we have a matching round for whatever you're working on. every And, and we run the matching rounds every every quarter. I think the next one is in September sometime. So just keep an eye on the matching rounds and, and post a grant if, if you're working on something that's serving your community. Very cool. Um, so I guess this is more of a personal question, but what are some of like the, your favorite projects that Gitcoin has funded? Yeah, I mean, I think that the fact that we're um, funding projects before they get their first check from an investor, or like some of these projects will never have business model just good for the community, is something I'm really proud of. Like being able to believe early is, I think, a really important thing in the space. And, you know, before Gitcoin was what it is today, I remember pitching it to investors and showing it to people and people were like, oh, that's nice, but it's just a toy. Like, no one would take you seriously. And, and there's this, like, reciprocal feedback where no one takes you seriously and so no one takes you seriously. But then once you're inevitable, everyone's like, oh, they're inevitable. So then they take you seriously. And, like, helping help projects jump that shark is really important. So, yeah, some of our greatest hits are uh, ETH2 clients like Prismatic and Nimbus and Lighthouse are all on Gitcoin. Really proud of that. Uh, projects that are like 
huge nowadays uniswap one inch exchange and yearn first started out earning money on bitcoin really proud of that open source libraries like ethers js have earned hundreds of thousands of dollars on gitcoin wallet connect on gitcoin so yeah a, a lot of a lot of projects that that are now really a big part of the the stack of of developing the space have started on gitcoin and we were the first capital in and i say we as in like gitcoin is just a place that we can crowdfund projects so it's not like it's not like I'm funding, I am funding these projects, but like I'm just contributing as a, as a crowd funder like everyone else. And the cool thing is that if you take, Gitcoin Grants gets 700,000 contributions per quarter, most within that two week period where a round is running. And it's a really great way of finding and discovering new interesting projects in the space because with that data set of 700,000 contributions, you can kind of see what the community is excited about quarter over quarter. So it's kind of become a place to discover new projects that are up and coming and Whatever the next Uniswap is in the space, I think that they'll be they'll they'll be on Gitcoin at some point. At, at, at least I would hope so. Yeah, that's really super interesting. Uh, I I didn't know that about EtherJS or even Wallet Connect. Um, you know, I just I got in crypto in uh, 2020, so I haven't been in the space as long as you. But that is really cool. Uh, I guess my last question before I pass it off to Chase is: What do you what do you see being like a um, a trend within Git like um, that will help the space and that would get funding? Like, oh, on the platform? Um, yeah, almost like, so almost like a narrative, I guess you could say, like decentralized yeah. insurance platforms or something like that. Yeah, I'd say, you know, climate is is obviously a theme right now. There's a big optical challenge in the space with how much energy proof of work burns and taking them during the merge from being climate carbon, carbon positive to being uh, carbon neutral, I think will be a big thing. But then after that, then we've got this coordination substrate, which is the Ethereum mainnet. And it could help coordinate the removal of carbon from the atmosphere. So projects like KlimaDAO or Toucan or other projects that help with carbon credits, I think, is, is a huge theme right now. Uh, another theme is on ETH2 in the merge. The Prismatic Labs client, Lighthouse, Nimbus, and just the move to ETH2 is, 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 a, huge, is a huge theme. And then we're, we're kind of starting to see some Web3 social projects that are on Gitcoin. So, you know, this is just, a, I think, a natural result of Vitalik Buterin's call to action at ETC in 2022, where he was like, these are the things that exist in, Git, in uh, Ethereum past, past DeFi. And he named public goods funding and Web3 social as two areas he's, a, he's interested in seeing. So, you know, there's the up and coming projects in the space in different categories, but those are the ones that I've got my finger on the pulse of, for sure. Hey, Kevin, I, I love that breakdown, kind of like rich history that um, Gitcoin has had within the Ethereum ecosystem. Um, I'm, I'm kind of curious, you really kind of touched on the layer twos, but, you know, as we're seeing the growth of other ecosystems and alternative L1s, I'm curious, you know, how do you see Gitcoin expanding? Like, does Gitcoin have a place in this kind of cross-chain or, you know, multi-chain future? Or uh, mm. is Gitcoin kind of really native to the um, Ethereum vision? Yeah, really great question. So Gitcoin... Gitcoin's been evolving as as the ways that we've learned how to fund open source have evolved. And we started off just running one main quadratic funding round. I, I don't think that we've gotten super deep on quadratic funding on this Twitter space, but basically TLDR, it's a way of funding projects where the number of contributors matter more than the amount funded and you, you match based off of that. And so um, basically we're, we're actually rewriting the entire platform right now. I say we, but like really it's the DAO, it's the DAO that's doing it. And um, and basically the idea is to launch grants too, which will be a way for, for any community to run a quadratic funding round within their DAO. 
using Bitcoin's tech. So we kind of envision a world in which if you're a DAO, if you're a DeFi project, if you're an NFT project, if you're a layer one, if you're a layer two, you need to coordinate your capital and your treasury and give it to the people that are providing the most value. And quadratic funding is just this really elegant way of doing that. And so, yeah, I guess this is the long-winded way of saying that we're going the white label route and we're going to allow anyone to clone the protocol and deploy it in their own ecosystem. Anything that's EVM based will be able to use the Bitcoin protocol. And so that includes, yeah, like I said, if you're running a DeFi project, a DAO project, an NFT project, a layer one, uh, a, a uh, layer two, then please reach out and we'd love to connect you with the Grants2 team so that you can you can use quadratic funding in your own in your own ecosystem. But uh, yeah, EVM is is the requirement there. So not specifically Ethereum. We love Ethereum. Ethereum is our is our home. But the EVM is kind of the moat that 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 we're deploying Bitcoin Grants 2.0 to. So if you're EVM compatible, then we can help you coordinate capital to your ecosystem. Yeah, I, I love that. You kind of really touched on a point I was going to ask you about is, you know, is as we kind of grow and grow and expand out in this kind of future, you know, this current trajectory we're on, do you think the really the bifurcation is that the, at the VM level, not so much at the network level? Um, I guess like kind of to your point, that's kind of what you're getting at. Do you think that will kind of be scaled out across many different projects? Um, I'm just kind of curious yeah. to hear your general thoughts on the current state of crypto at large in that regard. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I'm so bad at predicting the future. Like I, I bought and sold Bitcoin at 30 bucks up to 50 bucks. So don't don't rely on anything I have to say about, about where the space is going. But I, I do think that the EVM is a huge moat these days. And, and I think that, you know, you even see all layer ones that are deploying EVM to their chains. And so we just felt it was the most, it, it was a good bet to be able to just, just write Gitcoin Grants 2.0 on, on the EVM. So that's uh, that, that's kind of the direction that we're going. You know, uh, as, as to what's next in crypto, I think it's anyone's guess. I would love to see projects that are creating object level impact on everyday people be part of the next wave of capital rotation in crypto. And, uh, and you know, hopefully Gitcoin can be a part of that, funding those projects and helping us find those projects. But beyond that, I don't really know what's next. Public goods funding, Web3 Social, Layer 2s are all things paying attention to, but but I don't really know. Yeah, I, I appreciate that insight. And I'm kind of curious, like, maybe from like a bottleneck perspective, like where, where do you think the bottleneck lies in terms of like um, inhibiting the industry in terms of like gaining, like leveling up and getting to that next level? Like, do you think it's at the yeah. kind of developer mode, you know, like having to pick up, you know, solidity? Yeah, um, uh, yeah I'm just kind of curious, like, what do you think will really propel yeah. us to the next level? Uh, I mean, I think the most obvious example, the most obvious answer is just the the UX barrier to entry. You know, Gitcoin has, go to gitcoin.co slash results. You can see our results page. We have like hundreds of thousands of users. And I honestly think we just fell ass backwards into a set of users that understand MetaMask and how to use actions and gas and stuff. Like, our, we started off funding developers who understand the UX challenges with crypto. And I just feel like that's backwards into not having UX be a problem. And, you know, I hope that the UX of, of, of wallets gets much easier in the future. And, and, and that's like the most obvious answer. But, but for me, uh, I think that the, the real barrier to entry for, for a lot of this space is, um, is that it's just, it's just like really hard to build something that, that is really useful. And, and I think that, uh, useful for a broad section of humanity. So like DeFi is really great if you have a million dollars to fuck around with or like a hundred dollars to fuck around with. But what about the 99% of the world whose financial lives, remember we're building their money, right? So we're talking about people's financial lives, whose financial lives is their jobs, not their capital. What are we building for those people? So like how do we get people uh, opportunities to work to earn? 
which we just used to call work <laughs> um and and like make money for for working for DAOs and and i think that that's that's really what i'm excited about is how can crypto regenerate the world by giving people earning earning opportunities from anywhere and and ideally helping them support their communities in the commons by working from anywhere with crypto so that's what i'm really excited about yeah um I'm in agreement with you. Plus one on the, the UX side of things. Um, mm. You know, I think it's once you spend a few months, maybe a year plus, two years plus, like it, it's so yeah. easy to really kind of get lost in the shuffle and you, you kind of don't realize how much you had to learn and kind of grind to like really understand. Uh, totally. Yeah. I don't understand this industry, but like, let alone just simply navigate from a user perspective. Um, yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, it's mind boggling to, to expect that at, at a population scaled out at a billion plus people. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I think we can get there if we just provide use cases that have utility for everyday people. Um, and, you know, there's got to be guardrails where you don't lose your private keys or DM someone your seed phrase or, you know, stuff like that. But, but uh, you know, it all starts with utility. People, people will chase utility of applications and then all problems are downstream from that, in my opinion. Yeah. Kind of, um, I guess, staying on this topic, um, switch over to uh, Gitcoin products specifically. Um, mm. I know you said you're not good at predicting, but generally speaking, any larger industry trends, I know you had really kind of touched on that on like the, um, you know, pay to earn for work, but yeah. you know, anything specifically and, and, oh, that's what I was, was going to make a comment about that earlier, but I'll, I'll wait for your <laughs> response and then I'll comment on your last point on that. Yeah. So industry trends, was that a question? Yeah. Or, you know, it just could be, you know, you're kind of like pie in the sky, like utopic vision of like the future mm. uh, comes to yeah. like industry trends for this. Yeah, totally. Um, well, you know, Gitcoin's turning Gitcoin grants from a company into a DAO. So DAOs are obviously a theme for me, how to do governance, how to do it well, how to build an effective organization is something that we've, we've been working on iteratively quarter over quarter. So that's obviously number one, but I, uh, you know, you to answer my question, you asked about my utopic vision. I, I wrote this book called uh, Greenpilled, How Crypto Can Regenerate the World. And you can get it at greenpill.party. It's a self-published book about how crypto can be used to solve coordination failures. So basically, how can we better coordinate capital in order to solve for our shared needs is the topic of the book. And I really think there's a bright future in, in what I call impact owls, which are things that have positive externalities for everyday people. So I, I really think that like proof of humanity is great. And the fact that they are shipping UBI to 13,000 people, some of which in Latin America live off of UBI. I think that that's great. Um, I would consider Gitcoin to be an impact owl. You know, like I said, Gitcoin gives out $6 million per quarter. Uh, Klimadao actually allowing people to be carbon neutral, I would consider to be an impact DAO, Collectivo, Cello, all of these other projects. And so, you know, I, I, what I'm excited about is how can we engineer a capital rotation away from the projects that just have the best Ponzi-nomics and into the projects that have the most object level impact. And I, I don't know, I don't know if that'll happen in 2023 or 2024 or 2025. I think eventually it's got to happen if we want the space to go mainstream, mainstream is give give everyday people use cases to, to work in crypto with. So that, that's that's the vision. And I, I've kind of become, uh, since writing the book, I've been doing a podcast about, uh, it's also hosted at greenpill.party. You can get the book and the podcast at greenpill.party. And I've just been having guests from all over the space, from Vitalik Buterin to Baladi Svirasin to Daniel Schmachtenberger, kind of talking about how crypto can be used for good and pro-social causes. And, and that's that's the design space that's most interesting to me right now. But, you know, we'll, we'll see how things evolve in the future. And and I really hope to see that be a major theme in crypto in an upcoming capital rotation. 
Yeah, I uh, I love that. Um, go ahead, Michu. Go ahead and hop. Uh, yeah, Kevin, I I just had a question around like your perspective on like the future of DAOs. Like right now, a lot of DAOs are super slow. Like they're not able to react quickly to their communities, and a lot of them have like over or overweighted by kind of these whale holders of the of the voting yep. tokens. Um, I'm curious, like on your in your opinion, like what's the fix for the DAO model? Like obviously that's a pretty pretty big question, but just curious on like yeah. your your thoughts right now. Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, I think you mentioned two things, right? The slow pace of DAOs and then DAO, especially DAO governance and the plutocratic nature of governance, right? So those are two kind of unsolved problems in, in the space. And, you know, the way I see it is that we're all standing on the shoulders of giants, right? Uh, Gitcoin DAO is a compound DAO fork. Compound itself is built on top of Open Zeppelin's ERC-20 standard. And, you know, from there, it's built on top of EVM, which is built on LibP2P. And it's like, it's, it's like open source all the way down. And and one of the cool things that I see in this space is that we can all just copy what's working and in incrementally in improve upon it. So like Gitcoin DAO really wanted to solve for the fact that no one, everyone wants to have governance tokens, but no one wants to govern anything. Like no one wants to vote on stuff. It costs money, it costs cognitive cycles. And so what we did was we took Compound, which was this really elegant, elegant tool for doing delegated governance. And, and what we did was we, when you got the Gitcoin airdrop, you also had to choose who you're going to delegate to. And that's super important because it set the initial starting conditions of Gitcoin DAO into a very legitimate place. So all 18,000 people who got DTC tokens on that day, DTC we had conceived as like a governance token with no economic value. Every time they select got their airdrop, they delegated their governance rights to someone. And what that did was it set the starting conditions such that, okay, now there's like 40 to 60 people who are empowered to vote on behalf of the entire DAO. And they just have to manage their constituents from there. And so a, a lot of other governance tokens only have like 3 to 10% voter turnout. And the voter turnout they do have is the whales. Well, Gitcoin, by virtue of the delegated governance structure, now has um, thousands of people represented at every single vote because each delegate brings with them hundreds of people. So I'm really proud of the delegated structure that we pioneered and, and um, Ian since copied and Uniswap is doing now too. So delegation, I think, is number one. But also just like don't, don't look past the fact that we're all innovating in public and then like forking what works and adding it to each other's governance systems. And I think that cross-pollination is, is, is a reason why I think that we're eventually going to solve the problems with DAO. DAOs is like just one person has to figure it out and everyone else can copy can copy them. Chase, go ahead. It looks like you have a question. Yeah, I, more of kind of a, I guess, like 10,000 foot level question, kind of like um, yeah. maybe around standards is the right word, but... Yeah. You know, do, you, do you think DAO models will have like a standard model or do you think kind of the beauty of it is that there'll be like variable models and like kind of specifically what I'm thinking about is um, I recall yeah. Optimism earlier this year. They kind of came out with a unique way um, yeah. in which the that they house. were. Yeah. So yeah. Um, just kind of set the stage for everyone who may not be aware. Basically, the um, Optimism Collective came together and it will be uh, governed co-equally by two houses. One house yeah. being the token house, the other being the citizens house. And kind of each house will, um, you know, I guess like have like operating areas or ownership areas such as like project incentives or, you know, upgrades or, you know, ownership of the funds. And then while the other house, like the citizens house, uh, will have kind of control over kind of retroactive public good funding. So I'm just kind of curious, like your take on that, um, maybe about that model, generally speaking, or just kind of the future of having varying models within DAOs. Yeah, great question. I think the optimism citizen house is a really great innovation and, um, we are kind of talking with them a little bit about about uh, about that model, and and um, you know may have some news to share on that front in the future. 
But, um, you know, in terms of solving for plutocracy in, in DAOs, I think that the citizen house and the token house and delegated governance structure are pretty, are, are, are pretty good ex experiments in, in how to do so. And it would be great to see those played forward for another couple quarters and, and see what happens from there. So does that answer your question? Yeah, definitely does. And um, thanks for that kind of like breadcrumb drop there. That's uh, mm. pretty interesting to hear. Yeah, totally. Uh, well, you know, Optimism and Gitcoin go way back. They care about public goods. We care about public goods. The uh, Gitcoin almost didn't survive the last bear market. And I was kind of like telling, just like quietly sharing that we may need like a new funding model in 2019. And Optimism came out of nowhere and they were like, they, they gave us like 100K. They're our first funder outside of the Ethereum Foundation and Consensus. And, and it's like, I feel like like soul bound to the optimistic vision now is just because they supported Gitcoin so early when no one else was in the bear market. So uh, we've been friends way back and, and we've been kind of jamming on governance, but also that that public goods vision together. That's awesome. Um, so I guess, uh, yeah, switching gears, kind of shifting back to a little bit more about Gitcoin on that, on that note. Um, I think it'd be good if we talked a little bit about the products. So I guess just kind of kicking off with uh, bounties, I think it'd be helpful if you could kind of just cover at a high level, you know, what bounties are in the various parties. From my understanding, you have funders and then contributors. Could you kind of talk about that? Yeah, totally. So uh, the first thing I'll say is that, okay, I'm dogmatic about certain things, but I'm pragmatic uh, about different things. So uh, our mission has always been to grow and sustain open source software, help open source software developers, people who are working on the commons, get paid, get coins for their work that they do in the commons. And um, and you know we've we've since evolved that mission a little bit to to focus on a superset of of things, which is all digital public goods instead of just open source software. And um, but anyways, okay, so I'm dogmatic about the vision. The vision has not changed in the last five years, but I am pragmatic about the way that we reach that vision. So we launched as a bad network, which is basically like if you do X, you will get Y coins. And we've since evolved into this grants platform, grants and bounties platform which is, you know, bounties are more like if you do X, you will get Y coins and then grants are, I am already doing X and I would like you to support that work. So it's a little bit less transactional and a little bit more like pay it forward in the grants model. But yeah, anyway, so bounties is just a way that if you want to delegate work to the crowd, then you can write up a GitHub issue of what you want done. And then you can say, I will pay one ETH for this work. And in fact, like Vitalik is doing a bounty with us right now where he's having dark mode added to Vitalik.ca. And someone else does all the legwork. He just has to merge merge the code and deploy it to his website. And he pays out an ETH that gets one ETH to get to work with Vitalik. And, um, and you know, everyone goes home happy because Vitalik gets his code done without having to do it himself. And this coder makes some money and, and, and gets to work on a prominent repo. So that that's bounties. And they just support open source software, our vision in a different way than, than Grants does. Gotcha. And I, I'm actually curious because um, I think maybe you'd kind of really touch on this, but there's there's a few different ways in uh, which project or the project types can kind of come in through the pipeline. Uh, what has seen the most traction from um, traditional project, uh, co-op projects or kind of like contest oriented projects? Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's different types of bounties. Traditional is like I want one person to work on one task. It's like, you know, we're going to go monogamous and, and walk off into the sunset together and do this bounty together. And then there's contest bounties, which are more like, like uh, I have this amount of tokens and you all can compete for it. And that's really good for security bounties. Like basically, hey, if you can find a bug in my website, then I'll pay out a security bounty. And contest bounties are really great for that. And then there's cooperative bounties where you can basically say, 
hey, I need this website built and I'm open to paying a back-end developer and a front-end developer and a designer. Can can you all figure out how you want to work together and you can split the payments in the future? So traditional contest and cooperative bounties. Most bounties are traditional bounties, but contests are really, really powerful. I love doing design contests on 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 Gitcoin just to see like we, we just recently did a a bounty to have someone illustrate the Gitcoin hyperstructure, which is like our network, what our network looks like from hyperspace. And there's just like a lot of fun, beautiful submissions that came back from from that. And it's really fun to use. Okay, here's the meta thing: using Gitcoin to build Gitcoin. We've done a lot of this. Is like we have a new feature that we want to build, and we don't want to build it ourselves. We post a Gitcoin bounty, and then that gets merged in and helps us build Gitcoin more. So it, it's like a really fun working in public thing to be able to leverage talent from anywhere. And, and bounties are just really good at that. Little, little pro tip there. I, I love that. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah and so outside bounties, um, you, you had kind of really touched on this earlier, but I want to dive into it a little bit more. Uh, you guys do hackathons. So oh, yeah. actually, I think we ran into you guys at ETH Denver. Um, I'm sure you, did you guys sponsor one at, at on site there? Is that typically your, your MO or do you guys kind of host one-off events and, and kind of larger metropolitan areas throughout the year? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I live in Colorado. I was one of the East Denver founding sponsors, organizers. I'm not sure what, what title John Peller has given us these days, but we love East Denver. Great, great event. And, uh, and uh, yeah, hackathons are really great. We, we've been supporting East Denver by sponsoring them for many years. And we also run virtual hackathons on Gitcoin. And, you know, like I said, I'm dogmatic about the mission, but I'm pragmatic about the products we offer in order to reach the mission. It turns out when you go to a marketing department and you tell them about bounties, they're like, what the F is that? But if you package bounties just as a virtual hackathon, they're like, oh, I know how to sponsor a hackathon. And then like, you know, it's, it's just like a little bit easier way of packaging things. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, we run virtual hackathons, which, which is basically collections of bounty run for two weeks at a time together. And, you know, if you're out there, if you're a DeFi project, NFT project, all layer one, layer one, and you want to send some developers in your ecosystem, Gitcoin can hook it up. We can send hundreds of developers at a time into your ecosystem by hosting a hackathon on, on Git. So, um, I actually, you know, I've done many hackathons myself. I'm, I'm a software engineer myself, or at least I used to be one before, before I was stuck in meetings all day. And I really just, I just love the opportunity to kick the tires on a new API and meet someone new. And it's like speed, it's like speed dating, but for, for hackers and projects, it's a really great way to, to, to earn some, some money and to, to meet people and to learn things is to do hackathons. Yeah. I, uh, I love that the remark about you being in meetings all day. I feel like that's kind of like the the career trajectory yeah. senior software engineers. It's like you know, you, over the years, you just find yourself doing less and less coding. Yeah, um, yeah, that, that's the way it's been so far. But um, you know, I I, I recently uh, sort of like disaffiliated from Gitcoin DAO and like handed over the reins of leadership fully decentralized to the DAO. And so I'm hoping to clear up my schedule and get some more time to get get into the code. So uh, stay tuned. Maybe sometime by the end of the year, I'll actually have shipped a product. Uh, haven't shipped a product in, in a in a year or two. Any uh, any sneak peeks? Um, I can tell you what projects I want to build. I haven't decided which one uh, which one to build yet. Um, yeah, let's, maybe uh, let's hear the ideas. Yeah, yeah. So um, okay, so uh, quadratic funding is really powerful because it's a matching campaign that. Uh, funds based off of the number of contributors you have, not the amount that they have. And it's like Vitalik has called it a significant pillar of the Ethereum space. I'm just so proud of that. I'm so proud that when I go to a hackathon, I can't like go more than 15 feet without tripping over someone who's like, Gitcoin has helped my career. Um, and 
And so we had this crazy idea in 2020 that, that we were going to take quadratic funding and bring it mainstream. And so in, in 2020, the COVID pandemic had reduced foot traffic in downtown Boulder, Colorado by like 95 because no one was visiting retail businesses anymore. And we were like, oh shit, like these businesses in our community are not going to be able to pay their rent. What if we ran a quadratic funding round for downtown Boulder? And we did. We ran a 50K round in downtown Boulder for a comic book shop, a coffee studio, a bookstore, a yoga studio. And I can't remember what the last one was. Um, and, and it works. Quadratic funding works out of crypto. I was like blown away that the same psychology works outside of the crypto bubble. And um, so we ran this crazy yellow experiment and just like did it by the seat of our pants. And and it just like really showed me that quadratic funding works to fund public goods in all these different vehicles in all these different places. And, um, and but like the code base, we was totally like duct taped together and we haven't done it again since. And so, you know, now that I'm like moving on from Gitcoin down and I'm just like on the edge of the network instead of the center of the network, I'm like, well, why don't I build this tool called like simple quadratic funding, which will allow anyone to run a quadratic funding round in their community. It'll be based off of Gitcoin grants or like a fork of Gitcoin grants, but it would be for like normal people who don't care about Doe. So, so that's one project I want to build. I, I, I'm thinking about calling it simple QF and it's just like what WordPress did for blogging, it can do for quadratic funding is kind of the vision. So that's project number one. I have another project I'll tell you about too, though. Uh, and it, it, I'll, I'll pause there to take a breather in case you have questions or comments about simple QF. Yeah, I think that, it, that it's a fascinating idea. Um, it's, I, I remember, I think I tweeted at, uh, I think it was either my mayor or another mayor that is active on kind of crypto Twitter, but um, you're kind of getting to the idea. I'm curious, like, what do you think the feasibility is that one day we may see kind of uh, a county treasury, maybe a small percentage, let's just say like 5% yeah. of their, their budget, their annual budget is allocated towards kind of these like citizen yeah. funding initiatives or efforts. Like, do you think that's actually feasible? Um, um, and if so, I like, how could we get that at scale? Yeah, I, mean, I think it's absolutely feasible. And it's actually like gives citizens a way of routing where their tax dollars go and it, in a way that I think makes them feel much more engaged in the democratic process. Um, so fuck yes, I think that's going to happen. We're talking to the Colorado state government about doing Colorado. You know, the problem with the state government is like you talk to them and they're, you know, they were excited, let's do this. And then, you know, you don't, you've, you don't talk for like another two or three months and it just doesn't move at the pace of startups. And so my solution for that is just to build an open source repository that anyone can run it in their own, own community and they can do it with the government funding it. They can do it with a philanthropist funding it. As long as they can find a way to fund the matching pool, then they'll be able to do it in their, their own communities. And I think it's absolutely going to happen. And this is really cool because like Web3 is the Trojan horse for the mechanisms being adopted, but then we're actually like bringing them and porting them back to the real world at a time in which the real world needs dynamic ways of funding the commons, of supporting the commons, of creating high resolution democracy. So I'm, I'm super excited uh, uh, about quadratic funding going a little bit more mainstream in that way. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Maybe I'll tell you about the other yellow project that I'm thinking about building. Yeah. yeah let's hear it. Cool. Uh, so this one is a quadratic funding social network. And basically the idea is that quadratic funding is really powerful because I can make a dollar contribution and the project can get hundreds of dollars. And one of the things that I was, I was just like, is during my YOLO build days in like 2019, when like, you know, I, I would just look at the experiment with the Gitcoin code base. We have this thing called Town Square, which is basically like a newsfeed. Think like Facebook newsfeed or Twitter newsfeed. And one of the things we did was we... Uh, we replaced the like button with a micro tip button. This is back when gas on mainnet was like one way. Uh, um, and, uh, and basically what that did was 
instead of like liking something, which is, you know, like I like something when it triggers a dopamine rush, um, it changed the mechanism to, I'm going to send 30 cents to this person. And that triggers a slightly different thing in your brain. Cause you're like, Oh, I'm going to send this 30 cents to them because they provided value to me, or I think they're really earnest or I like them or something like that. It's just like a slightly different brain neuron firing than, than just liking something. Cause you actually have to give something up scarce likes are the shit coins, right? I have like a million likes that I can give out, but my ether is, is uh, scarce. And so, you know, we, we launched that and people were like, oh, Kevin, this micro tip thing is, is, is neat, but like, who really gives a fuck? Like, I'm just transferring 30 cents and bank 30 cents in gas. And so what we did was we started running a mini quadratic funding round on the Gitcoin newsfeed. We tipped 30 cents, but the person who wrote the post would get 10 bucks because of quadratic funding. Okay, so what does that do? It changes the incentive such that I'm only sending 30 cents, but the person's receiving 10 bucks. And all of the Gitcoin newsfeed, once people get wise to this feature, are really, really like, it's, it's, it's becoming like a social network. And, and it's like crypto powered. And the co content that rises to the top are like people that are helping each other out and like posting tutorials about how to use Gitcoin, answering support requests, which is awesome because like at that time we didn't have a super, like a, a support system that was really reliable. And so uh, quadratic funding social network is, 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 is like what we kind of stumbled upon there. But, you know, gas fees increased. We were running Gitcoin grants rounds and we we're spinning out a consensus at the time. It just like fell by the wayside. But I really want to build a quadratic funding social network, especially since Web3 Social is starting to be a, a real theme in the space. So, yeah, that's 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 uh, that's that's YOLO project number two is a quadratic funding social network. Those both sound super interesting, Kevin. And I think I mean, I won't speak for Chase, but I'm super excited to see you build either one of those out. Um, and normally at the end of these spaces, we uh, our community questions. Would you be down to take maybe one or two community questions? Yeah, that sounds great. Let's do it. Sweet. So if anybody from the crowd wants to ask Kevin a question, just go ahead and request and we'll bring you up. In the meantime, while we were waiting, Kevin, I, I, I kind of like the first idea that I, I really like. Uh, I think you're really passionate about real world impact. And I, I feel like mm -hmm. that kind of uh, speaks more to your heart. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the nice thing about uh, is, is that we can build both of them. You know, so I think that I'll probably hire a developer too to hack on both of them and we'll spin them out into their own side dials or this is not a promise by the way, but like that's, this is kind of what I want to do over the next year or so. So, uh, th thanks for letting me know which one you like, but I'll probably end up doing both of them. Yeah, that's, that's pretty based as well. Can't yeah. Complain. I mean, <laughs> the, the nice thing is that I, that I, I can just post a Gitcoin balancing and I can find a hacker to work on both of them. So use Gitcoin to build a Gitcoin. <laughs> That's super funny. While while we're waiting, yeah. I did have a, a DM around a question. Um, sure. This is more of like a general question, but maybe you're probably the best like resource for this. But uh, where where can we get more reading on being EVM compatible? Any any kind of go to resources for you around that? Yeah, like in, for grants too, or just in general. Uh, I think the question was probably more around uh, yeah in general. Okay, cool. Yeah, so EVM just stands for the Ethereum Virtual Machine. And anytime you write Solidity, which is the primary program, programming language that people use to build smart contracts, you can just kind of assume that it's EVM compatible. There is another competing standard called eWASM that like when you write JavaScript or Python or C++ like that, that compiles down to WASM. And there are other blockchains that are WASM compatible and EVM and WASM are just kind of the two standards for 
uh, smart contract assembly language that are used out there. I, I think like a good rule of thumb rule of thumb though, if you're not technical, is like if you're writing Solidity, you're writing for the EVM though. Good question. Yeah, I'm um, kind of on topic. I, I don't see anyone else that has requested, so I guess kind of pick a program language. Um, any thoughts? Move pros cons um, from like a oh, developer. <laughs> it seems like it's kind of uh, maybe like a, a dummy proof way. I guess is I don't know if that's like appropriate, but you know, hmm. curious to hear your thoughts on it. Man, I I must have been, I must feel like be out of the game because I hadn't heard of move until you mentioned it to me. So I just googled it. It's a programming language based on Rust for developing customizable transaction logic and smart contracts for the Libra digital currency. I didn't even know about that, which tells you how much I'm developing on the Rust, Rust stack these days. I don't know. Do you have a take? Uh, not a take that matters. I'm not a developer. So you know, <laughs> I, I, think, I think it's one of those things that um, I, I don't think your, your take really matters unless you kind of what it looks like yeah. and get your hands in and, yeah. and get dirty. But um, I can't wait. I can't and, wait to go back to writing fashion. code. I'll just do yeah. a hot take and say, yeah, I mean, no, I mean, no, from, from what I've seen, just at a very, very high level, um, mm. it, it, and feel free to correct me based off what you're seeing, but yeah, it makes it kind of, uh, a dummy proof way to kind of build smart contracts at scale. Cause I, I do think that is one potential area that is a, um, yeah. a pitfall and kind of developing out this ecosystem for the next billion people is that, um, you know, the, this industry and these ecosystems can be incredibly unforgiving if you make mistakes. Yeah. Um, oh, you yeah. know, at the end of the day, you know, we are, like you said, we are building out the, the internet of finance here. And, you know, it's yeah. real world, tangible funds, you know, people lose money to exploits. And so um, yeah. it's an interesting uh, take. Totally. Um, yeah. In the yeah. I mean, uh, it's, it's scary. I mean, you know, there's, there's no undo button with smart contracts. And the, you know, I, I think it's really cool that, that on OpenSea, I can create an NFT and there's tools out there to create an ERC-20 token without having to code. And no code things are powerful in their own ways. And so I, I think it's, for me, what I focus on is is a open source repository of audited forkable smart contracts. And then I just try to, whenever I, whenever I work off of a smart contract, I just try to change as little as much of it as possible so that I don't introduce any exploits. And there's there's so much so many hidden booby drops around reentrancy attacks and um and 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 overflow and all that kind of stuff that you really have to know what you're doing and and making that more accessible I think will be really important in the future. So uh yeah for for, for now I, I I think I'm just uh relying on open source code in order to solve those problems. But it'd be interesting to see if someone can come up with a no code way of getting around it. Hundred percent. Uh, very cool, Kevin. Like we, uh, thank you so much for just like taking the time out to come and speak to us today, man. It's it's been awesome. Yeah. It's it's been like several months since we've done the podcast, so you're you're our comeback right here. Cool, man. I I feel uh, really honored to be up here with uh, everyone has like a PFP avatar, or, like a Pokemon up here. I feel like I'm not hip because uh, I'm not hanging. Because I gotta I gotta get get one of those, and I also have to learn what base means. I did this whole podcast, and I still don't even know what base means. <laughs> That, you're based, based. Don't worry. You're, you're based. You're, 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 you're based. So. <laughs> Saved by the bell. Saved by the base. Well, thanks yeah. so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. And hope to do it again sometime. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. See you, Kevin. Well. Peace and love. Goodbye. Stay based, everybody. Stay based. Based space.